I'm your host, Emma Ruschak. Today's show is brought to you by Crescent Treasures, and our wonderful author today is right here. If you have the video in front of you, is Teresa Corbley-Siller. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. And I always love it when authors send me the book, because then I can go on the video and show you. I actually have it here in front of me, so I know what I'm looking at. Awesome. I love it. So what led you to write this book? I had a front row seat to everything my husband had gone through. And um, it was just so difficult. He struggled with, he was, you know, 300 pounds on a 5'9 frame, um, kind of huffing and puffing. And just, he had had some heart problems, a heart attack different things and um, I just was so inspired after he became healthier he joined Overeaters Anonymous he ran a marathon on two titanium hips he lost uh, over 105 pounds and I I had to write his story so I wrote his story and published it in 2013 from Torment to Triumph a story of hope and then I thought this year wouldn't it be cool to write that story from the perspective of a teenage girl a fiction young adult fiction story yes Mer meredith's triumph so yeah and i borrowed a whole lot of things from his story um for meredith's triumph and i i just really enjoyed doing it but you know what when we write as authors we find inspiration in everything so even if we're writing a fictional novel that inspires people that's what this book does is inspire people. Yes. And we find that in reality. Yes, exactly. So your hubby, hubby is sitting next to you. So yeah, I have Dan. Come on. Because this is as much about you as it is about everything else. Yes, he is our family's inspiration and uh, we love our Dan, that's for sure. Welcome, yeah. Dan. <laughs> Hello there, Melissa. Yeah. <laughs> this so, is Dan. You, you have done all these inspirational things, and getting healthy is one of the biggest things that we can do for ourselves. Yes. For sure. I mean, I don't look it. I'm, I do a lot of modeling now, but if you would have met me 10 years ago, I was size 16 on a size 4 frame. Oh, oh my gosh, you you get it. You've totally yeah, I completely get it. Now I didn't go through the steps of Overeaters Anonymous or anything else. I did it all by myself. Oh, but at yeah. the same time, I get the mentalness of getting healthy. Yes, yeah. yes, absolutely. And and it just 
it helps your emotions mm -hmm. your whole life just you just feel better and you just everything's better yeah Absolutely. so what was the motivation to get healthy well the motivation was after uh, decades of overeating and you know being in the addictive process of not being able to stop yeah. I mean, we had so many things thrown at us. Um, had a heart attack, um, Bell's palsy, pre-diabetic. I mean, cholesterol was way up there. Uh, it still wasn't enough. I still, you know, logically I knew I needed to stop, but I couldn't try, it, try as I might. And um, it just went on for literally decades. Um, yeah. And just... Uh, you know, in, in school and younger, playing a lot of sports, and it was easier to keep the weight off. But as life happens, you get in your 20s and you start adulting. Yes. And, uh, yeah. You know, people die. You get, you know, divorces and mortgages and kids and taking care of elderly parents. And overall, those I coped by overeating. Yeah. That was my drug of choice, especially yeah. sugary things, starches. Never met a starch I didn't like. <laughs> so guilty. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. So, and it, it just kept on. I mean, with all these, all these signs, they're like sledgehammers, and it wasn't enough. Uh, logically, you know, I, I knew this isn't right. You know, after the diabetes and the heart attack, sleep apnea came, and that beloved CPAP machine. If you're familiar with those, it's yes. like a mask on your face and. Uh, not real sexy. But, uh, <laughs> it's also torture if you're claustrophobic. Yeah, yeah, oh my yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. And um, yeah. that was kind of a wake-up call when I weighed at the sleep lab, and I saw the numbers on the scale were getting close to 300, and um, said, "Uh-oh, I got, I got a problem here." So, um, and I, I couldn't stop. You know, like I say, logically, I knew I had to stop, but. I just kept eating. You mm -hmm. know, I'd come home on the way home from work. I'd stop at a drive-through and get a fast food meal, eat all that. Sometimes pick up a dessert, eat that, and then go home and have a full meal. And this went on for a long time. And you know, all the pounds start coming on, and you start getting all those, all those um, morbid obesity. Sorry, <laughs> those, those things with morbid obesity, as we described already, and. Um, I don't know and just you know like I say you want to stop but but you just can't and it's yeah. you know I got to the point where I couldn't even walk very much you know up a few steps and up north we had a split level house and six steps to the, to the bedrooms be huffing and puffing and I thought our kids were younger at the time and I thought if I ever needed to run off and catch them I'd get them out of harm's way I don't think I could do it so yeah. finally I just didn't know what else to do and it was like a I don't know, kind of a spiritual moment. I literally, I, I didn't know what to do. I tried, you know, just about any kind of diet out there. It didn't work for me. And I, yeah. I, I love people that can have the willpower and do things with diets and that, but it didn't work in my case. And until I got down on my knees and prayed, said, God, I don't know what to do, yeah. and please help me. And then things happened when I got out of get out of God's way and let things happen and they did and I was yeah. um, Teresa found the, the book called Overeaters Anonymous had a bunch of stories in there and that's kind of what got me going on it and started attending it about 10 years ago January of 2011 
and can't believe it's been 10 years. Wow. And as, you know, the pounds start coming off in the office, instead of people seeing this middle-aged fat slob waddling around the office, you know, he's starting to look healthier. And somebody commented and said, wow, you know, gee, we ought to run the Marine Corps Marathon. Wouldn't that be fun? <laughs> ha, ha, ha. Some guy in his late 20s. And said, oh, yeah, that'd be great. But uh, So why not do it, right? Yeah, yeah. so we ended up doing it, yeah, you know. And said, oh, what the heck? You know, it's on a bucket list as I would lie in bed with a half gallon of ice cream and a bag of chips and a diet cola watching sports <laughs> events oh boy wouldn't it be nice to go running oh yeah and it finally it finally came about and you know like Teresa said we had it was almost 300 I had to lose like yeah. 100 pounds or at least 100 pounds um, and she got me going we would walk maybe a half a block at first and I hated it because I had this humongous gut looked like I was pregnant with quadruplets. Um, I understand that exactly. I, I went through this after the birth of my daughter, though. Oh, gosh. Oh, so boy. here I am. I was only 20 years old. Oh, boy. The day before I had her, I, well, the day I had her, I went from being pregnant to being under 120 pounds, wow. which is great. It's a great diet for for me, right? I've just lost wow. like 30 pounds. Oh, wow. Gosh. Oh my gosh. What a way to do it though. Yeah. But then I started working and of course you work and you work in fast food because you're 20 years old, you have nothing else better to do, right? So you work with food. Well, what do you do at work? You eat constantly. Yeah. So I get up 270 and I'm six, uh, size 16. Wow. And I looked at the scale, I'm like, what am I doing? I know better than this. I'm a nutritionist. I was licensed in college. Wow. What am I doing to myself? So I've been struggling and I'm back to, I'm now, let's see, this is 20 years ago now. Wow. But um, back to doing what I was doing before I got pregnant, which is modeling. Wow. That's so cool. I've, I've seen some of your Instagram. That's posts yeah it's an inspirational story it right is. there it's so cool right i mean if i can come back from a size 16 to a size five <laughs> you know yeah. it yeah. can be done you have to get into the mindset to do it yeah 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 i feel like the for for dan k the accountability has been huge you know mm -hmm. he knows how many calories he took in he knows if we took an hour bike ride, how much fat went out, mm -hmm. and he records that every day. He has a sponsor that helps him and sends, you know, sends him the the daily values, and it helps. It's a lot easier when you have someone helping you. Yes. Exactly, yes. that's the big part of it. Yes, yeah, the physical, emotional, and the spiritual. But we have together. with COVID right now, we have a lot of younger people getting into this habit of just eating because what do you do when you're depressed? You eat. Right. Yes. It's a serial thing. You're yep. you're not old enough to go out and gamble. You're not old enough to get alcohol. Right. We can't leave our house. So what do we get addicted to? We get addicted to food. Exactly. Yes. yes. So I'm so thankful you have Merit Meredith's triumph here because that's addressing for our younger generation. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. 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 I mean, between the three of us, we have all three generations that we need to target. We have the seniors, we have the middle age, and we have the teens that are all at risk for overeating. 
That's yes. for sure, and that's for sure. Yes. And it's it's interesting in the book the challenges that Meredith faces with the bullying. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. um, you know, and just there's just a lot of I've noticed a lot of underlying kind of prejudices. Mm-hmm. You know, might be real subtle against morbidly obese people, especially. You know, because yes. people don't get it. They just I don't know, and it's um, I don't know. It's just almost a morbid. It's almost a like a covert disdain for morbidly obese people, and I noticed, and Meredith certainly struggled with a lot of that too in the book. So. Right, we look at it as, okay, so you sit there and you eat all day, so you have to be doing it to yourself. Well, what's the underlying condition that makes you want to eat? Right. Is it exactly. being, yep. being bullied? Is there pressures at home? Are you depressed? There are things that go on that people don't understand. Yeah. when it comes to overeating now there's also medical conditions that trigger weight gain yeah. yes yeah. it's yes. not always just sitting there eating and eating and eating and eating you can have a perfectly healthy diet and still gain weight yes and and i i feel that in our culture we are so looks oriented that mm-hmm. That prejudice happens. You know, people aren't looking at, like you say, the underlying uh, factors that might make somebody end up being too heavy and getting to know that real person. It's just this, you know, like Dan Kay is saying, this prejudice kind of, and it's really sad. They don't, you know, people don't get it. People who don't have the issue don't understand. Yeah, it's just, it's a lot of getting to know yourself too yeah why do i eat with all this like you're right. touching with yes. that you know emotional it could be a happy time a sad time it didn't matter you know i mean there are shows like 600 pound life out there i'm just gonna throw one out right. that i'm yeah. r- familiar with yeah. that looks at the underlining condition it's not just sitting there eating what's the underlining condition to make these people eat Because nine out of 10 times is depression. There's something that happened in their childhood. There's Mm -hmm. something that's going on, including bullying. There's things that happen with physical abuse. There's things that go on inside of our mind that we turn to food as a comfort. Yes, yes, exactly. And there's a great saying in the Overeaters Anonymous program, stuff your face or face your stuff. That's exactly spot on. I mean, we have to get to the root cause. We can't just say, oh, you have to have a diet of 1,300 calories a day. Well, a 1,300 calorie day may work for some. It's not going to work for everyone. Are we trying to lose weight and maintain weight or gain weight? Yeah. And also on the 1,300 calorie diet, what are you doing? Are you sitting and doing nothing or are you actually getting up moving around? Right. Yeah. 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 Well, you would know since you have the nutritionist background all about the interplay of. Right. A 1300 calorie diet. If I'm just sitting on my computer for eight hours a day and doing nothing but watching TV when I get home, I'm going to gain weight. Mm -hmm. A 1300 calorie diet and I'm going to the gym for an hour yeah. Now I'm maintaining weight and losing weight. Right. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. It, it's just, it varies 
person to person. That's not going to work for everyone. You have to find what works for your own body type. Yes. So true. So true. And Dan K tried South Beach diet, Atkins diet, Weight Watchers, Healthy Way. And it, and it, and he gave it such a good try. And it was just very difficult in his own body to. Yeah. You have to find what works for you. You cannot go on Atkins or South Beach or whatever and say, oh, try it for six weeks and it's not working for me. Well, okay. There's other things you have to do. Diet goes along with exercise. Yes. Yes. You can have a paleo diet and still gaining weight. Sure. Sure. Yeah. And it's, and it's good. Yeah. And I realize all that the physical, you know, and and the diets and the exercise, it's all logical. Mm -hmm. But I think for a lot of us that are truly have the disease of compulsive eating, it's along the lines of alcoholism. It's like Mm -hmm. opiate addiction. And you know, of being a dietitian with all the PET scans, MRIs, brain imaging nowadays, yes. the same kind of areas in the brain that fire up with someone on crack cocaine mm-hmm. might fire up in mine with a sugar high, with mm-hmm. a cheesecake, and you know who knows what else. And it's mm-hmm. right. And it's it, it's, a, it's a different type of high, but it activates the same exactly. places in the brain. Brain, yeah, if I can talk, that yeah. someone on a different drug it could be illegal it could be legal it could be alcohol it could be something else but it's going to stimulate the same part of the brain right yes and right. i think and i mention it in meredith's triumph because especially the kids and young adults that deal with obesity mm-hmm. and they might not know why they might not know that sugar in their bodies is 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 addictive in their brains and so mm-hmm. we touch on it with her she goes to a therapist and they talk about a lot of different things and the therapist says what Dan Cage just talked about, the MRIs of the brains of people that deal with compulsive eating. Yes. So, I mean, it it goes goes hand in hand. We have to do something to educate, even as if it's educating through fiction, which I love doing because fiction is better way to educate someone on something without telling them, this is how you do it. Right. Yes. Yes, I agree. Bibliotherapy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, but it's a great way because it makes you think. Yes. And if we can get more younger people thinking about what they're doing to the bodies, trade that sugar we snack for something healthy, trade a 15 minutes of video time for a walk around the block, you know, it's a trade, it's a give or take. Yes. Yes, and the awareness is huge. The awareness of, say, a trigger food. Mm-hmm. That bring on a binge. Um, in Meredith's triumph, she has a couple of relapses, so to speak. Somebody leaves a basket of Christmas goodies on their front stoop. And she's been in Overeaters Anonymous for a month. She understands um, trigger foods and sugar and how she really needs to stay away from that. She's tried really hard for a month, but she's like, oh, I'll just have a bite or two of this brownie. Well, four brownies and four muffins and four cookies later, you know, she realizes it's it's really difficult in her body that sugar is is an addictive sub- substance mm-hmm. in her body. And then if you have in that thing that you're addicted to, this food that yours is your trigger, yeah, you're not gonna have one potato chip. 
you're going to have a bag or two bags or three bags and you're not going to realize you're doing it because it's associated with hey i'm doing something that i'm uncomfortable doing yeah i'm going to have this bag of potato chips while watching tv i'm going to have this gallon of ice cream while you know doing something else that i associate with ice cream it's not (laughs) always you know it could be laying in bed eating bonbons right right. Right. it's varies person to person but when you have this activity that you associate with and it's the same association that you do with cigarettes if you think about it cigarettes are legal for 18 and over yes doesn't mean it's right i'm not saying either way but you associate a cigarette with driving or getting out of bed or having a drink in the morning or you know whatever you're doing you're associating that cigarette and we all know the cigarette and you need it at this time you need it for this but it's the same thing with food yes yes and breaking those habits must be very difficult especially in the beginning Mm -hmm. trying to change and here's the thing junk food is so much cheaper than healthy food Mm -hmm. yes so i'm hungry i'm starving i'm going to go I have $5 in my pocket. I can go to get $5 of junk food, which is going to be like 1800 calories in one sitting, or I can go and get three apples. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What am I going to do? Am I going to get three apples that I'm not really wanting to eat? Or am I going to go get $1,800 or 1800 calories of junk? and eat that because I'm hungry and I have $5. Yeah, Yeah. good point. It's a trade-off. Yeah, yeah, it really is. And that pause seems like a big thing that that helped Dan Kay from what I've learned that, you know, the pause prior Mm -hmm. to diving in has seemed to to help in his life. So what advice do you give to our readers and listeners that are struggling with this kind of addiction? Well, I I feel like these these 12-step programs are miraculous. Um, Overeaters Anonymous is just incredible the way it educates um, the people that go to those meetings and they, they learn about food addiction, they learn about compulsive eating, they learn about, um, abstinent eating and uh, how to try to maintain a healthy body weight. Um, There's that very important spiritual piece that God will help you. He will help you pause. He will help you be aware. He will help you get back on the wagon if you've fallen off and had a, a big binge. And all these things, like Dan Kay was saying, it's a spiritual, emotional, and physical issue. And when you when you are in Overeaters Anonymous, you learn you learn so much. And I think in the general society, a lot of people don't know. It's really an education that's very valuable. Yeah. It involves a lot of work too, <clears throat> a deep. You know, you do a personal inventory of, throughout your life, and 
it's it's not easy to do you know and it's taking a look what are these root causes like you touched upon yeah the behavior is all associated with it and it's uh there's a lot to it again it's not for everybody like you said everybody's got their own journey and yeah. um i'm just saying i'm just here i'm not an expert it's it's what worked for me yeah. and i know a lot of other people that it's worked for too yeah. people that are truly like meredith that truly have a problem you know it's like alcoholism you know, it took a long time for the medical establishment to say that that was an actual medical condition. Yes. You know, and the same with opioid addictions and mm -hmm. all these other addictions too. So, yeah. And it's just awareness. People have never heard of it. You know, a lot of some people have heard of AA, and maybe none have. You know, but um, it's good to get the word so people have options too that may have tried other avenues that didn't work for them. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I thank you both. And you have two motivational stories. One's fiction, one's nonfiction. Yes. They tie in together. Yes. But where can our viewers and our listeners find you? Um, Meredith's Triumph and also From Torment to Triumph, A Story of Hope, um, are both on Amazon and Barnes and & Noble. And I have a website author Teresa com, and if they just click the the home the red home button they'll get right to me that is awesome and for everyone out there if you look in comment section you will find all the websites in our comments so i make it easy for you and again thank you both for being on the show today thank you thank so you, much melissa it was wonderful talking to you. Thank you. And for all of our readers and our listeners, happy reading. Thank you.